Hello there and welcome to the latest episode of the Sith Taker Snapshots podcast. I'm your host today, Rich Polly. Joining me is the biggest boy, Liam Baker. Buongiorno. Second How best person in your house after a dog, but we yeah, all do that anyway. Fair. But thanks for putting me above Yaz. So yeah, oh, I'll take that. Wait, wait, hang on. Got that wrong, didn't you? Was that re- I'm, recalculating? I'm, I'm I'm in a I'm in a bad spot now because I either go no 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 I was putting Yaz first but then I call her a dog or I put you second ahead of your girlfriend which we all know is true but Boba's not a person so therefore Yaz is first no oh whatever happens I've screwed it up you've got away yeah, with this one Baker up. I'll get you <laughs> next time gadget that's <laughs> right I'm gonna shut I'm gonna let Yaz listen to this bit as well so she'll know you're a scumbag. <laughs> Just before I come and stay at your house, yeah? Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also joining us, you heard his voice, but he's back out from behind the mic once again. It's becoming too regular. It's Tim King. Hello there. Hello. Uh, ben might pop in at some point. He's having laptop problems, by which I assume all the viruses from the porn he's downloaded have finally caught up with him. Um, so uh, <laughs> taking his place is, is a much higher quality guest. It's Kester Smith from uh, Steel City X Wigan Sheffield. Hello there. Hello, mate. Uh, how are you doing? Yeah, You're known right. for many things these days, but you've just been given a new title, much like Daenerys Targaryen, you know, mother of dragons, mm-hmm. queen of the this and that, and ruler of the things. You're the you're the prince of what's it called? Of... Well, it was uh, it was what uh, Tom was referring to himself as because he won the previous tournament at Pontefract. So right. then he um Dan, Dan got a crown from uh, Burger King and gave it him to try and retain and he basically passed it on to people that beat him. And it actually found its way to me in the third round when I beat uh, Peter McCabe, who had previously beaten Tom and then right. sort of retained it as the uh, as the overall champion. So I cuz I, I haven't had a child I keep thinking the Prince of Pontypandy, which is where Fireman Sam's from. Right. Um so it it's not that, but um it's kind of over kind of Leeds ish kind of way over there. Olympus War Games in Pontefract. Um so yeah there was an event there this weekend. It was the first of the store championships to be held in the UK. I think is the it second War Games. Is it? No 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 it goes by two names. I'm not quite sure think, why I, I think... but yeah, so I, th- I think it's rebranded as Olympus. Um, it's more of a wargaming club now. Um, just sort yeah, of... it's not a shop at all anymore. It's got no shop. Cool. Just, that's confusing. Only to you, Liam. It's called Olympus War Games, and it's a wargaming club. Yeah, but it's also got Elysium in there somewhere. Or it used to be Elysium, right? Or I don't know. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think that's its old name. I think it, it just rebranded to Olympus um, for whatever reason. I mean, I mean, I um, I I got over being confused by just not knowing about the whole Elysium thing, uh, and just going with what it's called now. So, anyway, there was an event. It was the first UK store championship, and I think the second globally, maybe the third. A couple have certainly happened in America, or events have happened that have had store kit prizes given out at them and world's invites and whatnot. So, um, so Kester, you're the proud soon to be because it's not arrived yet owner yeah. <laughs> of um a little picture of ezra bridger with your name written under it so a world's invite congratulations mate thank you yeah it definitely takes the pressure off for the rest of the season 
Um, <laughs> you don't have to go to anymore now. That's it. Well, I've got a couple more planned in, which I'll still go to. But I think once you start getting towards the end of the season, if you've not got one, you start going, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll try and cram in another couple and get wildly <laughs> unpopular at home as you disappear every weekend. <laughs> so I, I, I've seen, uh, I think it's Louis Leong has has basically taken the opposite view of this. He's be, he, he said, I can either get massively stressed and mainline as many store kits as I can and lose weekends and wife points and basically spend an absolute fortune hoofing around the country, getting really stressed, trying to pressurize myself into winning an invite. Or I can just assume that I need to go three and two in the last chance qualifier. And if I don't, I get an extra day out in Chicago doing other stuff with my mates. It's not like, a solid bet. No, it's not a solid bet. You're not a guaranteed in, as we know. But um, I mean, I'm, I think I'm going to be doing like, I'm doing Expo, obviously. I'm going to talk about that in a second. Um, we're doing I'm doing Expo. I'm doing another couple of store kits, and that's if I'm lucky, that's probably going to be it. Um, so anyway, um, before we go in and talk about um, Olympus War Games in uh, Pontefract um, and have a chat with Kester about the event and about um, his running and all that kind of stuff, um, we've got a quick place attached um, regarding the UK Games Expo. Um, the a, a post has been put up on the event group and a few other places on Facebook, but in case you missed it, um, basically because of the potential points update and the confusion that it might cause with apps being updated and people um, essentially uh, not having a list put in properly or whatever, um, we, we mentioned last week that Chris Mitchell had taken the decision to lock lists on the 19th unless points changed. Um, OP events, who are the people that employ Chris to run the event have made a decision that um, they are stopping selling tickets to the UK Games Expo on the 19th of May at six o'clock in the evening. Um, so if you want to go and you're waiting for any reason, then you need to take a view as to whether or not you can buy that ticket before Friday this week. So I don't know when this is going to come out, usually either Wednesday or Thursday, depending on how busy Tim is. Um, but it's either tomorrow or the day after. Um, you need to have bought your ticket for the UK Games Expo. And another reminder, submitted a list. Um, this doesn't say that if points change before the 19th, they're going to leave them up for sale. It just says they're going off sale on the 19th. So who knows um, what will happen if if that's the case. But. Um, I assume that Chris's ruling is still in place, that if the points change before the 19th, he'll, re he'll reopen the event and allow us to make changes to lists using new points. But if not, then um, we're all going to be locked in. So um, that's that. Um, we talk a bit about it and what it means later on. Um, oh, and we've just been joined by Ben. Hiya, Ben. Hello. Are you all right? Yeah, we're, we're, we're in, in mid-flow, but you've not missed I anything. Know. Just a bit it's of gentle... Yeah, yeah, we all know why because we've we've talked about why your computer's frozen up and broken. So, um, basically, all those illicit downloads you've been doing. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think this laptop could handle any downloads. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we're going to go back to Olympus War Games in Pontypan, uh, Pontifract, even. Um, uh, oh, so. Was that accidental, Adam? <laughs> no, I've I've already done that joke. I was, okay. it was it's what's known as a callback. Um, I've, it just fell out and it made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
So Kester, all the people um, that got the callback reference didn't laugh at all, and Ben, who didn't at all, found it hilarious. It's <laughs> <laughs> because he, he's he's a, he's got a child roughly the right age that he remembers yeah. Fireman Sam. Um, so um, maybe I like it. <laughs> maybe catch yourself watching Bluey four hours after the kitten. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah. Anyway, back to Olympus War Games, Kester. What uh, what list did you take with you? Did you go like, oh, I need to win this full on try hard, or did you just kind of go, oh, I'll just do a bit of a laugh and see? Um, I've not been playing enough to really have kind of a, a wide variety of lists at the moment. So I'm basically just running the same thing that I've been running for a while. I've been tweaking it here and there a little bit, but it's pretty much the same thing I run at um, the Sith Taker Open, which is um, Kylo in the Whisper, mm-hmm. uh, Instinctive Aim, Concussion Missiles, and Munitions Failsafe, uh, and then Predator, Brilliant Evasion, Pattern Analyzer, and obviously the Jamming Suite. Uh, another Whisper. Wrath with Predator, uh, Iron Cannon, Pattern Analyzer, of course the Jamming Suite, and then I've got Elusive, which is the probably the only thing that I've brought to the table deck and just stole it straight off Crispy. Apart from that, usually you see it with Proud Tradition, mm-hmm. um, but I find Elusive uh, maybe makes people um, not shoot you as much early on. Yep, um, and Proud Traditions. I found when I did run it, I was often just not using it. But then, of course, when I don't have it, I find myself going, oh, I wish I had Proud Tradition. So it's just <laughs> one of those. You always feel like you're taking the wrong one. Yeah. Uh, Malarus with the uh, classic cluster missiles, and then DT and Scorch in the sort of more aggressive loadouts of both having Fanatical, both having Optics. And then Scorch gets Predator, and DT just stuck with an electronic baffle because there's some couple points kicking around. Mm-hmm. So I'm cool. pretty sure that soon, in inverted commas, I won't be able to run any of this because uh, <laughs> points are going to change. Um, so in the in the in yeah. in the sh- the shorthand version of of the answer was you went full on super try hard mode. Well, as I say, it's it's the same squad I've just been running. So it wasn't like I have to win. I'm going to run it. I was like, I'll just run the same thing I've been running for months. Yeah, it's a it's a good squad. Though we know it's a good squad, and you've you've had some success with the events previously. So yeah, yeah, you know. Um. So yeah, well done. Um. So t- just talking about the event because we we were talking a little bit earlier. Olympus is a is a wargaming club. Um. I think there was, I think uh, I saw eighteen people in the end played. Yes, I think we had yeah eighteen. Cool. Um, so that's eighteen. So it's a it's a legal store championship. AMG won't send the AMG police round to take your world's invite back off you. How many did um, that have to be? Sixteen. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. I managed to get like almost the smallest I could have done. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, not an easy room by any stretch of the imagination. You know. We, well, we, actually, all... I think in a lot of ways, I did have quite an easy run. I think I um, it went. <laughs> It was where everything went Full disrespect right there. <laughs> well, that's what sound mean, but basically, like... Uh, big, I had bunch some, of, big bunch of losers. <laughs> the games that could have been tough uh, ended up being easy for sort of, uh-huh. sort of fluky reasons. So I played Ewan Farr. He's a strong player. I'd say he's, yeah. he's somewhat inconsistent maybe as a player, and uh-huh. this was maybe him on a downward uh, tread. And so basically, he kind of messed up the engage, and he's running aces, some FO aces as well. Um, right. And basically, after turn two, it was probably just going to go my way. The dice didn't help him. 
and he uh, he's definitely uh, prone to a tilt. So um, <laughs> it sort of uh, it ended very very much in my favour. It was like oh wow, yeah, he went all and four. That's unexpected. He kind of burned out after that. So you know, he's a good player, but sometimes he'll ha- he'll have one of those days. Um, so you know, on paper that could be a tough round, but it turned out being fairly easy. I didn't. It was more him messing up than me doing anything particularly good. Then yeah. I got paired down into a relatively new player, Alex Jenkinson, running FO. Um, again, so he's running bombers and uh, ties. And like, I, I know I've played those a lot, so <laughs> I kind of know what I'm doing <laughs> against them. And as I say, he's a newer player, so it was, a, it was a good game. But I think from quite early on, it was obvious that I was sort of taking a fairly commanding lead and it was going to be a tough game. He, mm-hmm. he, was, he was fairly close until the last turn when I got sort of nine points and wiped him out and got some... Uh, scenario points as well so it jumped from being relatively close to sort of 11 to 18 maybe to suddenly to over 27 yeah so I suddenly yeah. I was quite a long way ahead um then I played Peter McCabe who uh I know has done very well on long shanks I've not played him before he's a really nice guy and I think really the luck here was that my list was just really good at killing his um and perhaps just not what he was after mm-hmm. I got one really good round where I got um to uh, both my whispers range one of afra with bullseye focus and i jammed off the reinforce and then so they both put kind of about full damage in and then uh malarus as well with the clusters and i managed to kill the entire i think a full health afra maybe it lost a shield the previous turn uh with just three ships which is um pretty uh, pretty brutal <laughs> and that kind of really knocked him <laughs> just yeah he was a little bit dazed after that i think and um i think we played one more round and then the following round he went for a um gamut coordinate onto um manaru so that she could sloop behind us just missed the sloop that just bumped on the sloop so it was sort of facing the wrong direction stressed and then k10 q9 narrowly landing on a rock so suddenly he was getting no shots and I was about to finish off Manaru and he just conceded at that point because I think he was finding it <laughs> probably more helpful than uh, just getting completely obliterated. Yeah, he did. Um, he did he, he, it was the stop, stop, I'm already dead. Please stop beating me. I'm already yes. dead kind of thing. Yeah, fair enough. There's some people who will play those, those games out, aren't there? He'll be like, no, because you never know. And then there's a lot of people who just like, yeah, That's yeah, me. you, I'll you, always you, you do though, no. you, you, you do know though, you, you do know it's it's kind of over here. Well, you know, I'm gonna well, make you roll the dice to um, to do exactly that and still manage to pull them back. But uh, sometimes yeah. you can't really do it, and also it's whether it's fun to do it or not. I guess yeah, I was a little bit like um, I'd rather be playing X Wing than sitting here not playing X Wing, and I a lot of my rounds were quick, like against you, and it was like five rounds, and we had at least twenty minutes, half an hour at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think actually Alex Jenkinson won. It, it, time was called just after the end. Mm-hmm. Then this one was really quick, and then a fairly quick final against Ian as well. So you played against uh, Ian Franklin in the final. Yeah, so I've played Ian uh, probably about a dozen times, and I think I've only lost maybe once. And he said that was uh, to his memory, it's not in my records. And he said uh, that he rolled very well. <laughs> and so he goes in basically assuming he's going to lose. I think he had a kind of also fairly easy run to the sort of quote-unquote final. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, 
Well, yeah. it was it was only really the final. It was the final round. Yes, but it was, we we didn't have a final. Yes, uh, official as, final. Yeah, a final as such because uh, essentially Dan Athey, Kester, uh, and Ian were you the three unbeaten players of it? Yes, at the time, yeah. Yeah, so three unbeaten players, and unfortunately Dan lost uh, versus. You say uh, unfortunately. Well, fortunately for you, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, unfortunately for Dan, uh, he he. It's lost. another point of yeah. luck for me is that. Um, Dan losing that game to Tom. So he was paired down to Tom Veal, who was, um, you know, he's a strong player. <laughs> so I got paired down into someone who's only been playing six months and it's a fairly easy win for me. Dan gets paired down into Tom, who's, I guess, not been playing. He's only been playing about a year, but he's um, he's definitely putting a lot of effort in and getting a lot of reps. And so that's um, a much harder pair down. <laughs> but I'm, I'm paired straight into Ian, who's, you know, a self-confessed uh, sort of. Uh, he, he's certainly not a tryhard. Let's put it that way. And then he's uh, having fun. Yes, he's definitely playing for fun. And also, he he said at the beginning of the game, like his main game is Armada. If you mm-hmm. if he's going to Worlds, it's going to be for that really. So he's probably not going to go and play X Wing. So he wasn't super bothered about getting the. Um, okay. Getting the so what we're hearing is is that Ian actually beat you, but for the record. <laughs> Well, you won the invite, right? He sounded like he was basically planning on conceding at the beginning of the game if it was going to make a difference. But I was sort of thinking, we'll just play it. I don't don't think it was going to make too much difference. And uh, a little little bit. See, that's the confidence there that's needed to to succeed. Because I'd have been like, yeah, no, I'll take a concession. Yeah, no worries. I'm not going to risk it. You never know. I'd have taken it, but I uh, I thought again, I'd rather be here playing X-wing. In fact, to be right in the middle of the game when I. I think I killed Anakin, and he said, well, I might as well concede. And I was like, well, we could either sit here doing nothing or we can sit here playing X-Wing, so I'd rather play X-Wing, so we did see it through. He did yeah. manage to kill Kylo on the last turn with a fairly lucky um, lucky shot into Kylo where I just blanked out. It was sort of past the point where it mattered at all, but uh, it probably made it the closest game on paper, at least, uh, for the day for me. I mean, I'm I'm looking at the um, at the room, and I think you're you know ultimately this is the thing about tournaments, particularly smaller tournaments, is that you can only play the people that are put in front yeah. of you. Um, and you know you've you've already talked. You know you played against you, and then he he had a bad day. Um, you normally wouldn't expect to see him kind of at one four at the bottom of the standings. Um, you'd normally expect to see him challenging for cut at a kind of bigger event. So yeah, um, like. But then Matt Farr, Tom Candlin, Tom Veal, Jack Johnson, Dan Athey, and then Tim, um, as well as Ian and you uh, making up kind of the top eight, yeah. um, are all very, very solid players and all capable yeah. of going three. You know, if you were yeah, at like a six round event of going four to and better. Tim, which I wasn't really looking forward to. I didn't want to play <laughs> Tim or Dan or Tom. Uh, Tom's list is probably really horrible for me because he's yeah. got uh, Sunfak and Django. And those guys are not what I want to see at all. Yeah. My awesome token sharing. I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. I so, mean, so the event was run by by Tom Reed, fifth taker. Mm-hmm. He didn't play. Is that yeah. right? Or did yeah? No, he no, didn't, no, he yeah. sat out to make he it so out. there was no no buy. Yeah. He was basically going to play. He just said, "Someone bring me a list. I'll play it as long as it's good. <laughs> yeah. I'll play it if there's if then if if I need to." And then he sat out. Mm-hmm. That's that's how he wins things. Yeah, yeah. Just like bring me a list and I'll play if I have to. I guess he just sits undefeated. 
he sits and reads the cards in 20 minutes before the first game with his eyes scrunched up and his brow furrowed. And then he comes <laughs> over, he comes over and he asks somebody who's played the list before a couple of questions and then he goes undefeated. And you're like, no, it's not fair. It's not, it's not fair. And then he just does it anyway. I read so. my cards and went 0-4. Oh and, <laughs> and still he cheated. Still, he still says like, oh, I don't really know what I'm doing, but he's sort of losing credibility at this point when he uh, you know, makes uh, the final STO without ever you know, playing the list before or really... He played it once. He played it once the night before. Yeah. Right. He used to say this in 2.0. He really can't keep doing it now. Yeah. I guess yeah, that's I mean, he really must read all the cards. Steve Bolton. Steve reads the top half of all the cards. <laughs> anyway, we shouldn't be so anyway, Steve. I like it. Holiday, we we should. Sorry, Kester, what you said while we we're all being silly. <laughs> I felt like it was, there were some good players there and it could have been a, a really tough run and I sort of managed to skirt through the middle and find a very uh, a smooth sailing way to do it, which is well, fine by me. <laughs> I mean, let, let's let's be honest. My best ever finish in one of the hyperspace trials when I used that Venny list. Basically, I got served up four tie swarms in in, right. <laughs> in in my in my run to the final. It was like six rounds of Swiss. Three of them were tie swarms, pure tie swarms, and one was a striker swarm. Um, so you know, in my six rounds of Swiss, and I went five and one. I lost the one game I played into Rebel Beef because that was the Rebel Beef meta. Mm. Um, and then, and then I went into the cut. And I met a tie swarm, a four ship ace list, and then something else. So it was just like literally just tie swarm after tie swarm. And I was like literally the best possible matchups for me the whole way through and dodged all of the nasty stuff until, you know, final table when, you know, I lost the of, of one of the two games I lost that weekend. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a legitimate tactic just to match up better. Um, yeah, so, people yeah. talk about dice luck all the time, but you don't really think about kind of a list matchup and. Other other factors like that. I, mean, I was talking about this last night with um, Chris Burnett and um, and Liam as we we're chatting through, kind of looking at the world's top sixteen lists and like trying to think, you know, which of these, if you were a rebel player, would you take to to Expo? You know, would you try and use Bartosz's list or would you use the Rebel Alpha list? And then we were like, yeah, the Rebel Alpha list looks like it should be really good, but nobody's done well with it ever apart from him. So what's going on? And then we went through kind of his matchups and it was like, oh, he dodged first order until he lost to first order in top four. Um, so in in a world's meta that was front to back six ship first order with jamming in ions and everything everywhere, he just never hit it. And then he hit it in top four and got absolutely annihilated. And it was like, yep, okay. Matchup dodge like a good one. It works. It's a legitimate yeah, so strategy. My strength of schedule is incredibly low. It's 1.13, so yeah. only only Tom Candlin has a lower strength of schedule. And um, uh, Ginger Andy from Geek Retreat is uh, the same. So I think Ginger I Andy. Who names their child Ginger Andy? <laughs> I think it, his uh, friends named him that. He's uh, um, G- Andy on, uh, on Longshanks. It says Longshanks' name is G. Andy, so... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what he calls himself. So I'm not sure. I thought I thought he called himself that because he wore flip flops all the time. <laughs> so I think uh, Ian got paired into Andy the previous round uh, on a pair down. So that was again 
part of Ian's sort of slightly easy route to get to me was playing mm -hmm. uh, his son James, uh, playing uh, Andy and a player I don't know. Oh, in fact, two I don't know, which is Ethan Clark and someone called Jemaray. Wasn't that isn't Jemaray? Isn't that Ian's son? Oh, that will be Jamie. Yeah, James won it. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I wondered who that was the whole time. <laughs> yeah, so Ethan's <laughs> who's this one. guy? Yeah. Ah, cool. Well, well done. So, are you are you going to be now making all efforts to get to Worlds? Yeah, we'll be hoping to. I was, I was really on the edge this year. Nearly, nearly went. I mm -hmm. uh, was kind of planning it. I was fully. We were, we had flights booked for the um, the one that got cancelled during lockdown, but that was yeah. that was the the big the big disappointment of lockdown. Apart from that, I just played a lot of X Wing. Didn't really mind too much, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> that that did <laughs> that was upsetting. Um. So yeah, we almost went this year, and then it just just didn't quite work with them. Um, new baby and stuff. So um, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, cool. hopefully go next year. But we'll uh, see how things go. But I mean, same isoplane time, same isoplane channel is coming up. So you know, there's it's not been announced yet, but he's making noises about it in, in different places already. So it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, I guess I the thing it. is that if um, if I was going to go, I'd probably want to go uh, with my partner and baby and mm -hmm. uh, make a bit of a trip of it, and you feel a little bit more of a uh, like you take advantage when you're saying, "Cool, I'll have a flight so I can take a holiday rather than just get there and play the game and go home." So, uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. considering all of the effort and stuff that you've put in on TTS and all of the graphic design stuff you've done for the community, you're entirely the kind of candidate for the isoplane thing. So. I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk yourself out of it by being a. I heard a phrase; it was on a TED talk or something. It was like a compulsive self-reliant. Do you know what I mean? Compulsive yeah. self-reliance is like, oh, I don't want to ask for help because I don't need to. Um, no, I definitely felt that way this year, and then um, I was, I didn't realize quite a lot of the people going didn't were were not qualified. I just assumed everyone you had to be qualified as part of the isoplane thing, but yeah, it, it was one of the doesn't end well. <laughs> it was one of the it was one of the the um it was one of the criteria was you know if this and that and that and that and we've you know if we've got to make decisions then people who've already got an invite will obviously get right. you know the, the 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 money before people who are just kind of going on the off chance because they'd like to go to world sort of thing yeah. so um there was a there was a set of criteria that were kind of not openly published but were available if you kind of like it was part of the application process thing was to kind of you know link to your what you do to support the community and you know do you have an invite and blah 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 so um yeah anyway well it'd be lovely if you could come now you've won the first um ticket from the uk and join me and tim who haven't won one yet so um, well, Tim's going to, I think, every single one, so I'm sure he'll uh, pick one up soon enough. <laughs> We're going to change his nickname on chat to the Store Killer Race. Well, Take it off, Darren Granger. And, and secretly, that's why I need Kester to keep going to the Store Champs because then obviously, if he does well uh, and makes makes finals or you know it gets to the top again, then uh, hopefully those worlds invites roll down because that's uh, how I qualified for what 2019 worlds. 
Yeah, it'll be those ones in the south. That's what it'll be. Those ones in the south where you turn up and it's like top eight. It's got like four people who've qualified from previous store champs or expo or something else. Um, and then top eight have all got one from another store champ as well. So the guy in ninth just gets handed an invite to Worlds, and it's like I don't know what. Why have I got this? So, so I'll be going to the Wales one, and yep. also obviously the Sheffield one because it's close and I've got to represent. But apart from that, um, I'll probably not be going to any others. Yeah, I'm sure you think, Kaz. I'm trying to negotiate one somewhere. Um, at least. And the later in the season, I think the better um, for the reasons aforementioned is that, you know, lo- losing in the fi- on the final table to somebody who's already got an invite, it's less feels bad. But um, cool. Um, I think you, you need to head off, don't you, Kester? Yeah. We've okay. detained you for long enough. Um, have you got any shout outs and stuff that you want to do before you go? Um, I guess just to the rest of the um, Steel City crew uh we, we did uh quite well as a team i think in the top six or four of the people in our car made it so it was quite felt like quite a good showing <laughs> for our squad um a bit rude everyone everyone going through one or better yeah go, um, going up going up to pontefract and taking their toys yeah exactly Main. um so yeah um i'm very pleased i didn't have to face any of them <laughs> <laughs> well thank you for coming on mate and uh i'll speak to you again very soon see you later Cheers, bye. Bye. Right, Tim. Yes. Now you can talk to us about how you did at the weekend, because you came second. Yep. And I was like first, but not quite as good. First loser. I I mean, to be honest, (laughs) I I was actually really chuffed that I actually finished second, having lost round three to Danathy. And I think, uh, like Kez saying, he had a really easy run. I had a really tough run. And uh yeah, it was uh, it was a good day out, a good day's practice for like Games Expo and stuff like that. But um yeah. Um getting to play Danathi with it's the four ship uh CIS, so Django, Dirge, Grievous, uh but he had a bombardment drone. Um yeah. and but playing that chance engagement, which is probably the worst matchup for me to play that list in. Um, so yeah, it was real, real tough one. And obviously losing game three, I was like, well, I'll just play game four for fun. Um, but I think, uh, so I played, uh, Jack Johnson, uh, round one who finished three and one. I played, uh, Matt Farr, who went two and two game two. Dan Athey went three and one and then finished playing Peter McCabe, who went two and two. Um, so yeah, no, I was, was, you know, quite happy with, how that went and I mean I think there's what six players who finished three and one and obviously I yeah. top, topped that on strength for schedule which uh is yeah really mm. good. By 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 a quite a bit as well. Like you you were one point eight eight and Ian was uh, one point six nine having played Kester in the final. Now Kester was one point one three. So it shows you but he got the pair down. Um pour one out for Matt Farr with a strength of schedule of two point six uh, two point zero six and uh, Peter McCabe with the same. Um I think both of them will have suffered from a pair up in order to get a strength of schedule higher than two. Um so yeah, it's uh looks like it was a fairly shuffly day and I saw some great pictures, um and it looked like, you know, looked like a a, a standard, lovely, welcoming kind of 18 player store event so really good yeah no it's my first time going to olympus war games uh nice nice uh shop it's you know it's uh 
little cozy for you know we had 18 i think you know you, you wouldn't have got um you know much more than sort of 20 24 in there without really getting quite cozy but um uh for certainly for the numbers we had we were the only people in the shop um playing so it was it was fine the tables were a decent height as well um and yeah the drive from manchester was was pretty decent so um decent day out um obviously would have you know liked to have you know finished top but just wasn't to be um but yeah, it was um, it was a good run out against some good players with some good lists. Yeah, yeah. As I said, we've we've run through kind of the top eight, but uh, you know, I'm going down through the other uh, people and their names that I recognise from previous events as you know being players who you know are solid players. Um, so I don't think there was any easy games in inverted commas in there, maybe apart from the couple of like kind of brand new players that Kester mentioned earlier on. Um, and if you're turning up with a kind of hardcore metalist, um, it looks like one side of the draw basically all crashed the hardcore metalists into each other and Kester skipped merrily through the off meta. We're we're here to have fun and play our thematic things or the things that we like, the, the chassis or whatever. So Yeah, no, I think it would have been interesting to see. So if we'd if we'd followed strict AMG uh guidelines, we would have played our four rounds, which we would mm-hmm. have sounds with fish like this, and then we'd do a top four cut from now. So then yeah. K- Kester plays Dan and I play Ian, um, yeah. you know, and that would yeah, be quite interesting. But um, I mean, there's, yeah, there's, you know, Kester's a good player and there's there's no doubt that if you were looking in the room at who could finish top, you, you would certainly be picking Kester in this, that sort of field as such. So, I mean, it was a little bit worrying for me because that four ship CIS list and, and there was different variations of it, but there was, there was a little bit of that around uh, in the room. Um, Matt Farr running four T seventies uh, was you know yeah, always always fun to see, but unfortunately um, Poe just did what Poe does and just doesn't roll evades, and uh, yeah he Oof. was yeah just yeah it's just really unfortunate for Matt. Um, what why was his Poe being shot at? Oh, it was the one that can't run away. Fine. No, it was Poe Drive. It was it, yeah, it, but it's it's it's, it's overdrive every other turn. Overdrive, not yeah, no, happy and yeah, like you, you know what my list does. My my list just mm-hmm. tanks, so uh, I I stop him getting a four die shot. Um, and yeah, if he spends his focus on offense, he can't spend it on defense. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean it, just looking at his list, it's um, it's one of those ones where you kind of look at it on a kind of. Like as a resistance player, I look at it on a regular basis and go six five five, and then a filler ship with the rest of it six five five. Um, that must be good. And then it turns out, <laughs> turns out it just doesn't quite hang at the minute. That... It's tough. Like so, I I got the initial engagement pretty much spot on, and uh, I took Zay down to two hole. You know, with with various shots, um, basically mm-hmm. had the HLCs lined up with Obi One and stuff like that. Um, but then Zay just squirted past my list, and you know, I just wasn't able to shoot her for the rest of the game, and she just sort of ran off, and she got the um, M9 G8 reroll on Poe and stuff like that. So I think we were playing um, Assault as well, so she was able to just like hide at the back and just you know, sort of scoring points. Um, the problem is we, we then got into a real scrap of the majority of my list uh, versus three T-70s in, in amongst the rocks. So we just kept bumping each other, blocking each other onto rocks and stuff like that. 
and it was you know i was on the back foot for quite a while because those t70s you know do roll a lot of red dice um he had the um the astromech that allows him to uh when he engages he can spend a charge to ignore uh obstacles um yeah yeah so that was <laughs> quite scary when the t70 gets blocked on the rock and then actually no i can now still shoot yeah. Um but yeah, it just as I say, it's just one of those ones I think um um nine just went down fairly easy. We got blocked on a rock and got shot and then yeah, Poe and then Poe obviously gave up a chunk of points because that's it his four ships do, you know are more expensive than my ships, so well. Yeah. yeah. More expensive than my chi- the ships he was killing because he was killing my three point ships. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's it's one of the interesting things about list building at the moment and about strategy and tactics and i think it's something that we can probably talk about today because we've we've not got a huge amount of um amg content to run through is that you know if you go up against somebody who's got a five point ship that's got two two greens then is that just points in the bank almost like metaphorically you look at it and go i can have that like if you've got a five point ship let's say you know let's look at something that's like you know a six point ship a five point ship and then three threes um you look at the six and you think that's probably too much of a pain to kill because it's something like a suntier or an anakin or, or whatever but you look at the five point ship with its one or two greens and you think i can have that that's that's better than all all of the objectives being mine. But I don't know what do you guys think. Uh, I like think when you... I always when I always look at a game, I'm like, well, what can I kill? And I'll look at my list, look at theirs, and I'll identify pieces where it's not something that generally I shouldn't I should be able to kill, but with my list choice, I can nab that. And then I'll just stop putting pressure on because there's been a lot of times when I've played a game where someone's dangled a bait ship, not realising I can actually get to it. And then yeah. by the end of the first turn, I've gotten to it and I can start putting damage in. So it's just identifying what your list can do. Uh, naturally, your opponent has their set plans, which you can kind of see. So if they do set up a bait ship, you know it's a bait ship. Yeah. But if they don't take into account what your list can actually do properly and give it the full respect it deserves, you can find little holes in your opponent's plan and that's when you start to worm your way in and start to get your advantage. Yeah, I know what you mean. What what do you think, Ben? I I kind of muted and missed the question. I I know, and then you unmuted while you were making a cup of tea or something, so we've heard all of that. But um, (laughs) So the, um, the question is, like, if there's a five point ship in your opponent's list that's like got one or two greens, do your eyes light up and you think that's money in the bank right there? I mean, uh, similar to what Liam said, I'm flying um, Dom's list at the moment and it can really can dish out a lot of damage. So I'd probably try and jump on it. So yeah, 100%. Usually, because you, you kind of look at it, don't you? Like, you've got to try and get half and half um, points for killing ships, point for objectives, roughly. Mm-hmm. So five points, a big chunk of that, isn't it? Especially like one agility, because you know damage is going through. Yeah, like if I see a three-point ship that's three green dice, I just think to myself, there is no point in taking the four shots that it's going to take to kill that thing. 
if I'm lucky um, or if they're incredibly unlucky. Um, whereas I look at a five-point ship that's not got three greens. And I think that's just the way that the meta is shaken out at the moment is that you're either bringing high agility, low-cost ships or you're bringing high agility, high-cost sh- high ships. And if you're bringing a low agility ship, it's got to be incredibly high health so that it can live through the five or six turns or or at least the two or three turns where it's in engagement and actually being shot at. Um, so that's why we see things like falcons and gauntlets and fire sprays and stuff doing well, because while they've not got three agility, they're still able to, you know, dance merrily off to things. Yeah. You tend to only really jump on a, a cheap three-pointer if... You know, if it's got like one health left or something, you're like, well, I might as well take it out. If you see a list across the table from you and you see that there's like a, I'm going to call it a points pinata, is this the strategy? Well, not the strategy, but part of the strategy is that you identify the points pinata. So something that we did a couple of weeks ago was we talked about if you're playing in a certain scenario and you're flying a given list, um, then what do you look at when you're flying against something else in particular? So um, because we're pretty certain now that Expo, we're all going to be flying against uh, wall-to-wall world's top 16 meta stuff. Um, and we're probably all going to be bringing wall-to-wall world's top 16 meta stuff. Um, let's do a little bit of that. So uh, I'm going to say you set up your ships uh, opposite a player who is using let's say nicholas god's world's winning fo swarm with six ships with ember with lone wolf with all that stuff they've watched all of his stream games so they're going to probably copy a setup but maybe not um but they're setting up those those six fo ships opposite you um so Ben, you've been flying uh, Dom's list at the moment, which is the the separatist kind of four ship salad thing. Um, if you're playing against that FO salad, what's your approach? It's actually called our list now rather than Dom's. Tim knows how this works. <laughs> <laughs> Claimed it. Whoever does better with it at, at Expo gets to name it, right? Okay, I guess it's still Dom's list then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not jousting it, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I I, guess I'd try and probably bait it with one of my like, cheaper two ships and see where it went and then try and get around the flank on it. Um, so what, what's your turn zero thought? Like, so your, your first thing is, I'm not going to, I don't want to joust this, right? Because what, are, what are the initiatives of the ship? I can't remember now. So you've got a bunch of fours, basically. Yeah, you've got you've six, got... five and two fours. Mm, it's more than that. Oh no, 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 no the other yeah. the, the FO list. Yeah. The FO list is a bunch of fours. Three fives and three fours, I think. Something like that. Okay, so I'd have to try and so I'm going off the assumption that maybe I'm placing first as well. Um I I'd probably place him sort of three quarters in to try and make him decide which one he's going for out of my two as well. Mm-hmm. And then depending which one it was go from there. I mean, Grievous can run, can't he? Whereas the hyena's just a come and shoot me and it gives me a chance to get my ships in a better position. Okay. Um, so, like, it, when you're looking at rocks on that one, what what are you going for? So, you know... Small set, channels, obviously. Um, okay. Don't, so, don't want to set up that big, nice, jousting V-shape. 
not V-shape, sorry. Um, like an L-shape. We don't want none of that. <laughs> so kind of clustering in the middle to try and force him to break yeah. his ships up? or And then the idea would be to bring my ships through that at different angles to make him sort of pick where he's going and things like that. Okay. Okay. It, um, depending on what scenario it was, obviously, maybe. You know, yeah, I mean, we can pick one. It doesn't really matter, but like be near. I can never remember the name of anything. So the one way you can be near things, like when me yep. and you played, um, you expected the slow roll, but I just claimed a load of points for a couple of turns till you committed. Mm-hmm. And then I was so far ahead at that point. That it was hard. You had to really commit. Um, yeah. So there, there is things you can do scenario-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I would expect someone like Nicholas not to make that mistake, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's interesting. So, just I've just pulled this list up, and it's um, it's Malarus and Gallic are fives, and then it's DT seven and eight Scorchback draft and Ember, who are all fours. Um, so, and it See, is a jousting block. That list is a lot of my ships uh, higher. Like two of my ships are higher initiatives. There's a, there's a chance that every other turn that I could have shot all my shots before he even has to consider taking the strain. Yeah. It's like consequence free, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the DT shot, yeah. Yeah. You know, Interesting. With, it's, it, it's a great list, though. The FO are great. Um, yeah. But then, I mean, I'm, I'm asking about this list in particular because I'm, I'm reasonably confident that we're going to see a number of versions of this. Yeah. floating around um at expo because you know that that dt798 scorch um and malarus combo of you know nine points and then yeah. fill in the other 11 with whatever it takes you fancy um i mean it's, it's a really powerful thing D- dirge and um django are actually quite good against three agility ships as long you know because django's ability knocking um the focus results down for if you've yeah. done easy maneuvers and then there's like just dirge that just says, no, you're not spending tokens. Yeah. Um, it can go well, but you can also, green dice can just be green dice, can't they? Yeah. yeah. And and this is one of those lists that can, if you point five of your six ships at one thing, then that thing dies because it's an <laughs> awful lot of, I mean, this is all double modded. You know, well, I say double modded, he's got optics and he's got fanatical and optics and a couple of things, you know, so it's, yeah. It's also it's, one it's of them, everyone can point at one of your your FO ships and they can just naturally evade everything. Yeah. Like it and happens they, sometimes. Yeah. Or you just take a one shield and it's on yeah. Scorch, so it triggers his fanatical and then he does three hits back at you. Yeah. <laughs> I it's love it's one of those things. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, Liam, what about you? Like, I know you're flying kind of a, a similar list to Ben's at the moment, but with um, a few variations, or, or you have been. Um, See, but if you, and you're calling it my list now. <laughs> uh, if you're if you're fly if you're setting up against uh, Nicholas's uh, FO squad across the table, what what's your thought? And I'm going to say you're going to be playing because Ben was talking about be near them. So you talk about assault at the satellite array. Um, what's your what's your kind of thought process on this one? Uh, same scenario. Assault, yeah. We'll just say assault. Uh, so I want a tight uh, rock formation because the last thing I want to do is be able to let them uh, be able to move freely and not have to really consider their moves. I want to be able to break the swarm up. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I am going to have to give them options of what they need to engage, but also while doing so, make neither option a good one taken. So I'll have to dangle a ship and then let them know that if they go for that ship, this one comes in and this one gets away. Uh, when they've got so many guns, it is all about uh, ensuring there's no actual good options, but letting them think it's all fine and dandy. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing is, it's six ships, and it, it's hard to get past. Uh, it's not a list I like facing in general at the moment. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's rough. I mean, we we've um in in element on a weekly basis in the run up to worlds. We were playing against Dave um down the leader, and he was flying something very very similar to this. Um, and it's a very very difficult list to just get points against. You know, it's possible to win against it, but you need to get a really really good engagement. You basically need to hit perfect engagement territory. Um on your first and follow-up engagement. So it's not just about getting that first turn where you get all of your guns on one target. You also need to get the follow-up turn as well to push the advantage. And that's because this is a this is a list that doesn't have that five-point points pinata. That doesn't have the easy option to grab points. In Nicholas's list, actually, probably the easiest point is backdraft. And that's still six health of a tie SF for four points. Um, with still elusive and then you're also eating and i mean from watching nicholas's games backdraft was always kind of held in back because he knew the backdraft's the easy point so don't throw him in in the opening engagement um hold him out until um until everything starts and then bring him in so um i think we've just lost liam anyway tim Sounds what like, you've been... like he's passed or something. We've just lost Liam. <laughs> uh, I suspect his internet's just fallen over or Boba's eaten something. Um, so, uh, Tim, um, I, I guess we can talk about from a slightly different perspective because your list that you've been flying with your lat, with Satine and all that nonsense going on is a slightly different kettle of fish than the Separatist 4 ship. So how would you approach this game? Against the FO, um, yeah, yeah. Like I think um, I, I would be confident that I I can push damage over time. And um, although his Tie Fighters do chuck, you know, three dice shots, they tend to be single modded. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, I I can do you know okay against that. Um, I do like to go and bully. Um, like if he's got say. I mean, obviously, against Nicholas's list, it's a bit different because he hasn't got the Kylo. Because um, yeah. I, I do like going to bully the Whispers because I, I can get green tokens fairly easily, and that obviously shuts mm-hmm. down their bonus, um, uh, the bonus uh, agility they get from the Enhanced Jamming Suite. Um, yeah, like I, I think it's just it's a bit of an, an attrition game, and I just have to hope that my my uh, defensive mods just hold up against his red dice. And then my red dice will just will just do damage over time, and you know I will start to sort of pop ships. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that when when the three of you have talked about it, none of you have thought about protecting your five point or four point points pinata. You're like in in Tim in your case, your lat or dirge um, or the 
the, the thing it's it's basically been how can i push damage into this list and it oh. feels like i i don't know if that's no so I, I i yeah as as a matter of course i do tend to protect the lat and it tends mm-hmm. to skirt around but this is it like if he goes all in against the lat i was chatting to um I can't remember if it was Jack I was chatting to. I think it was um, my my round one game. Uh, he played a three ship Imperials on Sunday, and he said, like you know, at the end of the game, you know, what what could I do differently? And I said, well, it's it's hard because like you could go after the lat, um, but then if you're focusing on my lat, then you're potentially out of position against the rest of my list, and that's when I can get advantage elsewhere. Like you know, control um, is no mug. He will be able to push damage through especially against okay. aces because if i get your if you get the bearing of maneuver correctly you know suddenly being able to roll down one of your focused um uh results on defense getting uh, you know a range one three dice shot with besh and you know everything else um so yeah it's you can go chasing after the lap but you know uh, equally i can be quite tanky with the lat and you know if if you don't kill it quickly then you can really sort of put yourself in a bad position. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. Um, I mean, I was just actually looking down through um, the tournament summary for Worlds for Nicholas and the two games that he lost. One was against Ollie Pocketal using Vader Sintir, Reaper, uh, Vermeil, and a... Um, uh, Moff, Moff Gideon, and the other one was against Timo Rab using the um, two fire sprays and Kanan. Um, I'm not sure if I can see uh, what <laughs> what, um, what uh, scenarios were done in what rounds. Um, I might be able to. Oh yeah, I can. Uh, so round three was salvage. Round four was chance. Round five was scramble. Um and Nicholas played against them in four and five, so that's salvage. So Timo and Salvage and Ollie and Scramble. Um so possibly salvage mission. Timo probably just went full murder with his fire sprays, I suspect, rather than picking up crates. Um and Ollie and Scramble, that's a bit of an interesting one because he can disengage with his aces and snag points before re engaging to try and kill stuff so um and high initiative list as well so we were talking to kester a little bit earlier about the importance of the um the matchups but also we talk about the matchup into the scenario um and obviously you know nicholas timo and ollie are all kind of top level players um i say kind of you know demonstrably top level level players um how important is the scenario and the matchup when three people who are probably on a par in terms of individual personal skill at the game? Um, I think very. Um, Tim? Yeah. No, I'd say so, yeah. I mean, that's it. And and it's very hard to analyse games after the fact without knowing exactly how it's gone. Like, um, yeah. yeah, you'd have to speak to the individuals about their game plan, their setup, their turn zero, all that sort of stuff, really, to to really understand, you know, why they've they've done what they've done and um, bits and bobs. But um, no, I mean, there's there's no doubting that they are, they are good players. Yeah, because I mean, you you look down kind of the um, 
yeah i mean worlds is a is a weird 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 environment because you look down kind of the people that ollie played against and the people that he beat and the people that he lost to um and you know he he lost to nathan id and corentin who both went into cut um and that was his nine and that was his round nine and round ten games um, and his only other loss was former world's top table player, Yelte de Boer, who came second to Simeon Delapine in 2018, 17, whatever it was. Um, the last one of version one, um, you know, and also beat equally skilled players um, elsewhere in, in, in his games through the, through the run. So, yeah, it's it was like Worlds is such a bonkers environment of who's there that it's hard to actually, I think, take any any kind of value of a given list archetype or individual game um you know and knowing that um the way that some of the players in that top cut play the game you know each of those wins and losses will have been hanging on a single turn of a card or a single roll of a dice yeah um well this this is i think is alex whitley i think i played game nine uh it it i you know it, it all it almost came down to one dice roll at the end of the game uh mm-hmm. and if he loses that game he doesn't make cut you know, and I play somebody for a chance to make cut. Um, and yeah, yeah, you know, there's 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 still lots of games that could affect you know what happens and, and where people finish up. So it is hard to look at. I think the bet the best thing to do is kind of look at trends. You know, if you've got several lists that are all appearing in the top cut or in the, you know, the sort of top sixteen or wherever, you can kind mm-hmm. of assume that they are all. You know, you know, there, there's also a common theme. There's a reason why they're all up there. Yeah, and that, I mean it's it's worth kind of having a um, having a quick com- uh, conversation about um, List Fortress because it is still being updated. Um, it takes a little bit of getting used to um, does List Fortress um, until you know how to navigate it. But it does show um, you know you can look at tournaments, you can look at meta wing, um, which shows you what um, pilots, what upgrades, and things like that are finishing well in tournaments. Um, and it's weighted as well. So like bigger tournaments like Worlds hold more weight than a, you know, nine player store kit or whatever that gets put in. Um, but I mean, if I go into Metawing at the minute, you'll never guess what the top pilot is in the whole of Metawing. It's Battle Darth of Yavin Vader. Vader. Battle of Yavin Vader. Yeah. And then Moff Gideon. So, you know, and then I after think that, that has something to do with though that a lot of people really like Imperials. Like they've always think- been popular, haven't they? Yeah, so that I, kind of sways it a little bit that way. I, I think so. A lot of people will have Vader anyway, and then they'll have bought Battle of Yavin because it, you know, there hasn't been much new content recently. So when something came out, everybody bought it. And then, you know, you see people doing well with their events, and you look at it and you go, "Oh, actually, that's a very, very good ship. Um, that's a very, you know, it's it's awesome." Um, so, you know, I, I've been flying this Darth Vader with that Moff Gideon for. The last few weeks, and it's fantastic set. Uh, it's a fantastic combination of ships. You know, where the list is broken when it convinces Rich to start flying the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> Having to buy one ship to be able to put something that was really, really good on the table was was the seller. I had, I had to buy a tie interceptor. No argument. That was the rich mate. <laughs> no, no, I mean it, it's really good. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. Like, if you go on to ships three and four of Metawing at the moment, you've got Commander Malarus in the first order and you've got Scorch in the first order, we've already talked about. Um, then below that, it gets a bit weird because you've got Jag in the Siege of Coruscant um, Arc 170, um, who I wouldn't have placed as the fifth kind of tier 
tier one pilot in the I current meta. I'm surprised but... Wolf isn't um, above him. He's he's in ninth, uh, so you know he's doing okay. But mm. you know this this list does also include you know some extended ships. So it's got like Lieutenant Sai in the mm. Lambda class shuttle. So I think there was an extended event in America a couple yeah, of weeks ago. So southwestern something like that. Yeah. Like so that, it's yeah. yeah. So it's it's including that. But I mean, you can set it to standard only. Um, you know, so you can extract all of that stuff out, and then it it tilts just even more towards um imperials with if it's standard only it's it's a vader then Mauler mythal then captain Ferroff, and then jag um it's weird that jag oh no i know what's happened here jag was in nathan id's world squad and also some crazy fool i don't well not fool like genius of some description flew the three siege of coruscant arcs so oddball jag and wolf and seven b anakin for 20 points in that tournament um and it's just like chris burnett put me onto it and i was like wait what is that even viable what like surely one of those arcs just dies like it can't work but apparently he did all right with it so yeah but yeah anyway i I think though that is very much taking a list that people maybe not too sure about so like you know people weren't practiced against three arcs and Anakin and maybe don't know what target priority is and you know what to do turn zero and stuff like that so maybe they, they, yeah. they managed to catch a few people out maybe yeah yeah it's in it's in a very very interesting combination of ships to be honest like arcs are very very strong very very punchy very very difficult to kill in a single round it takes two maybe three rounds to take an arc down with sustained fire um and that Anakin is incredibly powerful as a piece as well with you know seven health and a, a, probably a crack shot and probably actions on turnarounds and all sorts of stuff so um yeah he's um it was an interesting thing to note but yeah anyway um we've all got at time of recording four days just under four days to decide what we're going to fly for the for the expo or to pray for points changes and um and decide later on um, some of us always submit that our lists same i yeah i've submitted my <laughs> list I, i've su- i've submitted something i'll probably k- keep flick fucking backwards and forwards i've got like three options floating around in my head um at the moment um but nothing at this point is going to turn my head sufficiently to take me away from those three options i just need to pick which one and i mean to be honest this 19th deadline is making me lock a list in like i'd normally choose between two or three options but i'd choose the night before the event what you know what i felt best about then rather than locking it in way 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 in advance and being like right because if i get negative vibes about that list like two days before the event i'll be like i want to change it i want to change it i want to change it and i won't be allowed and then i'll be sad and i'll turn up to the event and i don't even want to be using this as crap (laughs) (laughs) but put my lip out anyway liam has had to has had to leave us um so i think we've managed to chat on and continue our uh, our podcast for a little bit longer than we thought we would um i just want to close up by saying that um an incredibly talented man called, called ryan coyle has been sending me um <laughs> work in progress pictures of what is going to end up being the first place trophy for next year's sith taker open um so it's going to be a tournament tray i'm not going to do any spoilers other than to say 
it looks fantastic like just work in progress it just looks like it's going to be amazing so i've seen some of his other work like the finished product of some other things and like kind of knowing what he can do um and what kind of effects and stuff he can achieve in model making i'm super super psyched um he also said that he, he keeps putting other commissions to one side because he's really really excited to work on our one so sorry if anybody's waiting for something from ryan um and he's not got it done but that's probably our fault for giving him an exciting commission to do so um yeah you guys have seen the work in progress pictures as well what do you think yeah we're totally not sorry <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no it's cool yeah no, it's i bet cool. you're very jealous aren't you rich it's totally something I could see you having. <laughs> it's totally something that, having seen who's coming to the Sith Taker Open next year, that I would have no chance of winning. But you know, I yeah. don't have to worry about these things. No, no, <laughs> I, I do still have a ticket. I've not given it away yet, so um, never know. I don't, so it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, I can put you on the wait list. You can be number twenty-two. No, it's fine. I told you I'd do it. It's fine. <laughs> Right. Um, have either of you two got shout outs? Because I've done it means mine. I don't have to worry about having a massive hangover and being rubbish. Now I just have <laughs> yeah. to have, worry about having a massive hangover and not running the event right. Yeah, screw, <laughs> screwing up the event for everybody else, right? No, I'm not going. I'm not going out getting very, very drunk. <laughs> for that simple reason, of uh, it's okay to ruin my day. I can't ruin everyone else's day. <laughs> Good job. Mm. <laughs> right. Have you any shout outs, mate? Other than league round two, yeah, that's it, mate. Okay, play your league. games, fools. And if you're not on the Discord server, join it. And if your friends aren't on the Discord server, get them to join it. And make sure your name is something searchable, so that I don't have to keep tagging people because um, I'm kind of getting fed up of it now. I'll be honest. I try and if I spot it, I change people's nicknames. Yeah, so I try. Matches, but... I I give them the role and I try and do that, but sometimes yeah. it's just absolutely unknowable it's just like giving up so. if someone doesn't play the games this round and they didn't play them they might as well consider themselves dropped as well yeah i was gonna say um I, I, people have been messaging me about it and i've kind of said look if your opponent hasn't turned up message ben and tell them you'll get a win this round and then but don't put it in as a win yourself because you can just submit a win if you just submit a win, then we think that that person's still playing games, so we'll pair them into somebody next time. Um, so it's better to tell us that somebody's been uh, hasn't turned up. We can add them to the little black book with a, a a black mark next to the name, and then if they don't turn up and play the next game, we can drop them from the event. Because um, I think a lot of people just signed up for it, not realizing what it was, and neither or they're not connected into it in any way. So I tell anyway. you what, it's hard. Is what? someone got dropped by accident, um, and pairing them into the buy is proving very hard, which used to be an easy thing to do. I should be able to do it easily enough. I can't. I can't change it. Okay, I'll have a look. Yeah. Um, Tim, have you any shout outs, mate? Yeah, I'll um, shout out Mr. Reed, Tom Reed, for. Um, I'll start that again because Ben said something. Um, I was going to make a bad joke. It's fine. Yeah, I'll shout out Tom Reed. Um, you know, very smoothly uh, run event on Sunday. Uh, so thanks very much for him giving up his day to to run the event for us. And Olymp- Olympus War Games put it on. Uh, they put a load of stuff into the prize support. Um, bear in mind, they didn't have the store champ kit. 
but they gave us a load of extra goodies for taking away. So I know I got, I think, a Fang Fighter new inbox and a plastic Anakin Bomber card. Um, so on top of whatever I get out the store champ kit. Um, and yeah, just big thanks to my opponents. Um, yeah, I think it was a yeah, real fun day out. Nice. Are they shipping everything out to people? I assume so, or it will get passed on at events, or however they however they want to do it. I suppose it. it's only cards in it. I guess the postage. I was thinking about postage of things, but it's it's only cards. So it's probably not. Well, the majority, yeah, the majority of people are fairly local as well. Like you could just like if you go to the Sheffield Patriot event, I'm, I'm sure the majority of the people that went on Sunday will be there, and they'll be quite easy to pass on if they're if yeah. they're not local to the shop. Like, I'm not in a mad rush to get mine, so, like, you know, somebody can pass it on to me at some point in the near future. Yeah. That's because you'll only give it away at your next event anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, cool. Um, so uh, we've done our shout-outs, we've done all of that stuff. Um, I guess it's time to just say goodbye from Ben. Goodbye. And goodbye from Tim. Goodbye. And goodbye from Liam. Toodles. I am Liam would also like to shout out Boarding Brum. Yeah. Well, was that your Liam voice? Yeah, it sounded just like him, didn't it? It did, yeah. Um, I, I bet it... you thought I was going to go out and buy some battered chips. I'll <laughs> <laughs> uh, say goodbye from Kester. Uh, <laughs> and, it's, uh, and it's goodbye from me. Cheers for listening. Bye-bye. I don't play video Never play video games But Red Dead Redemption 2 That is not a game It's an incredible journey Through old American history Fighting for your life And fighting for your family Try to live your days With honor and integrity That's not a game That's an adult thing That's not a game at all That's like Hey hey Shakespeare Freaky